We're on the air. Back. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? To more of Early Break with Sip and Jay. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. College basketball is underway. Sip in Nebraska begins their season at 1-0 with a win over Maine. Last night at PBA, 79-66, the final score. The Huskers play UNO or Omaha on Thursday, who just uh, were competitive down in Kansas but lost to the Jayhawks. We're joined now by Husker Alliance, Robin Washington. Good morning, Robin. Thanks for joining us. I want to ask you, okay, so this game was down to one point in the second half. It was 54 54- 53 Nebraska over Maine. I, what was your level of concern at that moment that this could go south for Nebraska last night, Robin? Well, given how uh, two of the past th- previous three years Nebraska loses that game, <laughs> they've uh, shown a tendency to uh, fall flat right out of the gates, and that looked uh, for a bit like this might be more of the same where mm-hmm. um, you know the offense went cold, the other team somehow became the Golden State Warriors and was knocked down every single three that they shot. And, Everything. Um, you know, turned a 15-point first-half lead all the way down to one. And, you know, it's, it was hard, I'm sure, for a lot of people not to go, uh, here we go again. And um, that's, I think, we had this whole conversation about why this team was, different than some of the others. I think you kind of saw a little bit of that today to where this group still has a lot of flaws, obviously, um, offense being first and foremost on that list. But uh, when it was right about time to think about hitting the panic button, their best leaders and best players stepped up and changed the game. Um, you know, it was 54-53, uh, Emmanuel Bandemel. Uh, single-handedly blocks a shot on one end and gets it down on the other end and takes it in for a bucket just to kind of settle things down. And that sequence is one that Fred Hoiberg called maybe the play of the game. Uh, And you follow that up, Sam Griesel kind of takes the game over in the second half, scores 18 of his 22 after halftime. He had five of his eight rebounds uh, in the last, um, what, like eight minutes of the game. Uh, Got to the free throw line, or drew eight fouls and got to the free throw line six times. So, I mean, like, those are the types of things that your leaders and your best players have to do in that situation. And um, Sam Griesel, Manuel Vanderbilt, and uh, obviously Juwan Gary yep. as well, all stepped up to the table and turned the potential disaster into uh, a double-digit win. And, you know, there were some comments in my uh, Twitter feed last night that I, I agree with that, um, you know, last year's team probably loses that game. Um, previous seasons under Fred Hoiberg, they probably lose that game, just uh, given the inability to handle adversity. Well, uh, Nebraska's leaders showed that uh, you know, they they might have their issues, but in a game like that, they have guys that are going to be able to step up and, and prevent <laughs> or keep, keep things uh, on track, so to speak. Uh, Robin Washer joins us from HuskerOnline.com. Jake knows I always fixate on this. I'm interested. How was the energy in the arena? What was the crowd like? They listed it 12,000 plus. Um, what's it, what it looked like? I don't know if it was that. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, it, what it looked like yeah. you? What it looked like to you, Rob? Uh, typical Nebraska basketball crowd. Um, you know, it wasn't there was not twelve thousand people there. I'll tell you that much. They might have done the ticket sold number there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say probably closer to like 
you know, maybe about seven, seven thousand. Um, and you know, it was, it was good. Um, you know, it, it wasn't anything that, uh, there was a palpable buzz or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I thought it was a, it was a decent crowd for a Monday night against Maine. But, um, you know, I think this program's in a situation now where they need to, they need to earn some fans back. Um, a lot of people are in see it to believe it mode uh, before they get their hopes up on a, another Nebraska team. So, you know, they they won that game, but um, you know they they got to turn around and do it again here Thursday night against a uh, much better than expected Omaha team, and um, then they go on the road. And if they can find a way to string together some wins, I would imagine that that environment will pick up quickly, and uh, you'll see you'll see more and more fans start to fill PBA if. Uh, if the product is uh, one that fans can justify uh, spending the money and, and making the effort to go out there. Fred Hoiberg says after the game, Robin, I was surprised that Ramel Lloyd Jr. is going to redshirt this year. Were you expecting him to not play this season? What was your level of surprise, no. if any, last night? I was not expecting that at all. He was one of the highest-profile recruits of their 2022 class. And you know, even going just a few weeks ago, Fred Hoiberg was talking about Ramel as potentially being their, their third point guard behind uh, Sam Griesel and Emmanuel Bandamel. So um, he played uh, nine minutes against – yeah, he played nine minutes in both of the exhibitions, um, had three points in each of them. And, you know, you could kind of see maybe him being a, a factor at the end of the rotation, uh, at least to start the year, especially with Nebraska's kind of limited guard depth right now. Um, but, you know, apparently decision changed and – um, that's one that uh, you know, the coaching staff doesn't just make. I think that's one that both sides, or at least you know, they, they had to agree on it. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what what the thinking was behind that from both parties. Um, it's certainly an interesting thing where a player of that profile in today's era of college basketball, they don't usually redshirt. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that one just as far as what it means, uh, going forward. But, um, you know, I guess that's, that's one less piece to worry about as far as trying to figure out what, what Nebraska's go-to rotation is going to be this season. Speaking of rotation, I'm interested in the Blaze Keita conversation. He played 10 minutes last night. He is the six foot 11 center forward, uh, center forward from 6'11", 241 from Coffeyville Community College with Derek Walker day-to-day, out for a while probably. What, I mean, can Keita, what, what do you expect from Keita? What should be expected from Keita? Well, he's still um, adjusting, I think, to especially offensively. Uh, he's getting the start because he is a uh, obviously a, a big-bodied player who uh, can help on the grass, glass and maybe most importantly um, can defend the rim. Uh, and so I think his role and maybe his production, so to speak, is going to get greater and greater as Nebraska starts facing bigger front courts. Um, you know, a lot of times he struggles uh, getting matched up against smaller, quicker um, post players. You saw that a little bit uh, against Colorado, and you saw that a little bit um, last night. So, you know, he's the, – the reason he's not playing, like, extended minutes is just for the offense. Um, right now, just the offense clicks a little bit better with, um, you know, I thought Wilhelm put, some, put together uh, one of his better showings in a while last night. And then, obviously, Juwan Gary is getting some more run um, in that, those smaller ball lineups. So, 
you know, right now, I think that they're going with who's going to give them a little bit more punch offensively. But uh, when they, especially when they get into Big Ten play, they're going to need Blaze a lot, um, just because of his defensive presence in the post um, and just the. The, the, the rebounding advantage that he gives them with his size. I'm curious, Robin, so Nebraska again kind of gets a little lazy defensively, May makes that run. Did you see anything uh, that stood out regarding what was wrong with the defense? Was, just, was it just laziness or, the, or was Maine hitting shots? What helped Maine make that comeback, and is that something you're concerned about for the long haul? Yeah, I mean, when they hit, what was it, six of their, or five of their first seven three-pointers to start the second half, and a lot of that's just good shooting. Um, they weren't making those in the first half, so you know, defenses look a lot worse when the ball goes through the hoop. Um, but I, I will say that Maine was getting some good shots. Um, the defensive closeouts and rotations seemed to drop off a little bit. I don't know if that was fatigue or just a lack of attention to detail or what, um, but it wasn't just Maine making shots. They were setting up um, or getting some good looks uh, with their ball movement, and Nebraska wasn't quick enough to contest them well enough like they were in the first half. So if you want to point to maybe things Nebraska was struggling at, that, that's probably number one for me. Uh, just the, the, the rotations weren't as crisp as they were in the first half, and it allowed Maine to get some better looks. And uh, you know, They had a guy knock down six to seven three-pointers, and uh, like I said, we're, we're blazing hot to come out of the break at halftime that – um, briefly changed the entire complexion of that game just 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 with that alone. Robin Washit joins us from HuskerOnline.com. He's the basketball beat writer. He also covers football at a high level. Now, what's I think what's happened here? My read, Rob, through the preseason and the first game is this team will be led consistently by these players in order: Sam Greasel, Jawan Gary, and Emmanuel Bandamo. Bandamel. Yeah, Bandamel. We'll get, we'll get it right. Um, <laughs> We've been trying, Rob. That, that, I've, been, that, I've been trying for him. That, easy. That, that's, that, but that's what we're looking at, right? Right, Rob? Yeah, and, you know, you could make the case with Emmanuel uh, okay. being a, a 2A, 2B situation there with Gary. Okay. Sam's clearly at the top. Um, mm-hmm. There's no more important player on Nebraska's roster for, for really everything they do than Sam. Um, you know, like I said, he he was a big reason why they were able to to win that game. Was how he stepped up in the second half in crunch time. Um, then obviously, Juwan Gary just gives them that that element on the boards, particularly the offensive glass that you know they haven't had in a long time. Um, and just that that uh, effort um, on, in in the block and, and and on the boards is is going to be really critical for them. But you know, you saw what Emmanuel does. Um, you know, like I said, that that play, um, I don't think uh, better highlights what his role is on this team than anything. To where, uh, you know, he made a big play with his defense and immediately turned it into offense uh, that kind of breathed some life into a Nebraska team that was really struggling there for a bit. So, you know, all of them play significant parts to what Nebraska needs to do this year. But um, you, know, you you can make a case after Sam, that, that either Juwan or Emmanuel are going to be the next most important player on any given night. Robin, always good stuff. Thanks for the time. We will chat with you again next week. Sounds good, guys. See Robin, you later. Robin Wash at Husker Online. Huskers play again UNO on Thursday, 7 p.m. tip at PBA. Mm-hmm. UNO, who we mentioned, uh, was competitive against Kansas for at least 30 minutes of that ball game. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you, I don't know that Nebraska played lazy defense last night. We don't know that because we didn't, we weren't there. Well, there was a couple of videos that were shown that they were a little slow getting over to an open three point shooter. Okay, rotations ro- rotations were a little slow defensively. Yeah, you got to close out hard. I mean, you got and credit made for making those shots, but mm-hmm. there was there's a little bit a little slow on their okay. rotations. I thought defensively a couple times. All right, speaking of a little slow, shut up, Sipple now. That's sh- that's slow. Well, I'm a little slow. <laughs> that will be a drop at some point on this. <laughs> four six four five six eight five. Call to take down sip in trivia. Zero and one on the week. You lost yesterday. Are you sure I lost? No, I won yesterday. Won yesterday. I did see. See, I, I'm I, I'm slow. <laughs> I slipped up. Yeah. You are one and zero on the week. You beat the caller yesterday. This is wonderful. We're both slow. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, today. Since the season has now begun, how about some Big Ten basketball players? What teams do these guys play for? Like yesterday, you only have 14 options. We did we did football. 13. You aren't naming Nebraska. Yeah, I'm not doing Nebraska. There's, there's really 13 schools to choose from. Okay. I'm not giving you Nebraska. Great. You can know your Big Ten basketball players for this season. Some of the best in the conference. 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, Shut up, Sipple! <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, Sipple. Call now to play. 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. All right, 402-464-5685. Call to take down SIP in trivia. How do you feel about current Big Ten basketball players? Better than you probably think. All right. Well, who's our caller? If you're playing, you can hear us. Who do you have here today? Can you hear us, caller? Who do we have? I hear- <laughs> you heard it. You heard a voice I think there. He freaked out. Or she. Usually there's a producer to answer the call, but you know, it's still just me. Or she. That would be, you know what? If it were me calling and I heard your voice suddenly in my phone, yeah. it would be a little disconcerting. Well, I gave a little time to hear us on the phone. Yeah. Maybe you should disguise your voice as a as a sort of uh, garden variety producer. What's that, what's that I, voice? I don't, I don't know what that even means. <laughs> Garden variety producer. Well, I mean standard producer voice. Do it. Okay. Do well, it. we got Nick here. Nick can maybe answer a phone okay, call. Nick, yeah. Nick, if, if if we don't have a caller, we'll have Nick play the game show. But this is, come on. Come on, guys. Streamers, you have time. I see the lot, a number of people watching today and the people listening. 402-464-5685. Big 10 basketball players. Uh, Nick brought chocolate donuts in. That a boy, Nick. Nick's going to help us with the caller name. What a, what a nice guy. He shows up just in time to help us out with the caller. He just jumps on it, too. Now they're loaded. Now the lines are jacked. Yeah, now the lines are jacked because people say, okay, fine, fine, we'll call. I'll call Nick. Yeah, Nick's back They want to they they okay. see Okay, our contestant is Brett. Brett. Brett, how do you feel about Big Ten basketball players today? Not, not too great, but let's do this. All right, Brett, okay, let's Brett. do it. First question goes to you. Here we go. What Big Ten team does guard Tony Perkins play for? Michigan. Is he a Wolverine? No, he is not. 
Tony Perkins. You don't have to steal this tip if you don't have to. Tony Perkins. Pass. Iowa Hawkeyes. Ooh, Tony wouldn't Perkins. have got that. Is he a little guard? Kind of a little guard? I don't know how small he is. All right, sit for the lead. Your first question. What Big Ten team does forward Coleman Hawkins play for? Coleman Hawkins. These are all players, by the way, perceived as top 25 players in the conference. Are all these all holdovers or some of this? I, I don't think I did any transfers here. These were players on their teams. Uh, that's, I know. He's from Illinois. That is correct. A 1-0 lead for Sip. Brett, second question to stay live. Last question. What Big Ten team does Zed Key play for? Z-E-D-Z. Zed Key. Yeah, sure. That's a hard one. That's a, ponder it, Brett. Ponder it. <clears throat> I know it's one of the big three. Uh, gosh. I'm going to go with Michigan again. Uh, Two guesses of Michigan. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try the win. against my better judgment. Uh, Ohio State. And that is a victory. Brett says good game. Congrats Thank you, Brett. We'll get your bagel and the coffee, Brett. Thanks for calling in. 2-0 on the week. Another good start. Now, last week you started off 2-0 and still went 2-3. and So tomorrow, it's important to lock in. Mm-hmm. Clinch the winning week before Schaefer helps out. I'll have my record after the break. I'll what, have my record Do you want your last question here? Sure. What Big Ten team does forward Dante Scott play for? Oh, Dante Scott plays for Maryland. Bam. All right, last question now since you're just on a roll. Tiebreaker. Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis yeah, is one. viewed as a top three player in the Big Ten by most people. Yep. How many points per game did he average last year to the first decimal, please? Okay, I can, I can play this game. I've watched a lot of his games. I like his game. I don't think he's an NBA player, though. I don't think he's an NBA player. The I think first if, he, decimal, if he's an NBA please. player, he's going to be very much a role player. Um. 17.6. How about 18.3? Ooh, not bad. Do you want to guess his rebounds per game? Yes, I will guess it's 10.2. How about 8.1? Okay. So you're too low in the points per game, too high in the rebounds Thank per game. Thank you for that assessment. I'm just, tell, just telling how it is. I figure that I'm out. I'm just telling how it is here. <laughs> right. But you know what? 2-0 and o is 2-0. and o. So no apologies from you today. Nope. <laughs> what would I apologize for? Yeah, for bad performance if you lost. Yeah, which happens. you have apologized to the fans before. I have for bad, for bad performance. Well, I think. Hey, Nick. Nick, can you read me the record on the board? Thirty-four and thirteen. Thirty-four and thirteen. Fourteen. Thirty-four and sixteen. There we go. <laughs> Thirty-four and sixteen. Now, what's that suggest? You're on a heater. Competency. Yeah, the the, the coach got figured out. Yep, 30, he's uh, locked in. 34 and 16 is very, name an NBA coach that's very successful right now. Well, Steve Kerr has been. Yeah, not, I am he's Steve great, he's Kerr. He's a great season right now. I am Steve Kerr. What about Mike Budenholzer? I am Budenholzer. Yeah, he's been pretty consistently yeah. good. Yes, he the, has. Uh, the the Bucks. Bucks. yeah. I am Budenholzer. Right. Similar okay. hairline. Similar build. I am Budenholzer. You are Budenholzer. And you're off to a good start to the season like he is. The Spillover is next on Early Break on The Ticket.